On my 40th birthday, Lena Rhodes invited me over for lunch. That's the tradition. When one of us has a birthday, there's lunch, a nice present, and a good laughing afternoon to cover the fact that we've moved one more step down the staircase. We met years ago when we happened to marry into the same family. Six months after I said yes to Eric Rhodes, she said it to his brother, Michael. Lena got the better end of that wishbone. She and Michael are still delighted with each other while Eric and I fought about everything and nothing and then got divorced. But to my surprise and relief, they were a great help to me during the divorce, even though there were obvious difficulties climbing over some of the thorn bushes of family and blood allegiance. They live in a big apartment up on 100th Street, with long halls and not much light, but the gloom of the place is offset by their kids' toys everywhere, colorful jackets stacked on top of each other, coffee cups with World's Greatest Mom and Dartmouth written on the side. Theirs is a home full of love and hurry, children's drawings on the fridge alongside reminders to buy La Stampa. Michael owns a very elegant vintage fountain pen store, while Lena freelances for Newsweek. Their apartment is like their life. High-ceilinged, thought-out, overflowing with interesting combinations and possibilities. It is always nice to go there and share it a while. I felt pretty good about 40 years old. Finally, there was some money in the bank and someone I liked talking to about a trip together to Egypt in the spring. Forty was a milestone, but one that didn't mean much at the moment. I already thought of myself as being slightly middle-aged anyway, but I was healthy and had good prospects, so, so what? To the beginning of my fifth decade. You cut your hair. Do you like it? You look very French. Yes, but do you like it? I think so. I have to get used to it. Come on in. We sat in the living room and ate. Elbow, their bull terrier, rested his head on my knee and never took his eye off the table. After the meal was over, we cleared the plates and she handed me a small red box. I hope you like it. I made them myself. Inside the box were a pair of the most beautiful gold earrings I have ever seen. My God, Lena, they're exquisite. You made these? I didn't know you made jewelry. She looked happily embarrassed. You like them? They're real gold, believe it or not. I believe it. They're art. You made them, Lena? I can't get over it. They're really works of art. They look like something by Klimt. I took them carefully out of the box and put them on. She clapped her hands like a girl. Oh, Juliet, they really do look good. Our friendship is important and goes back a long way. But this was a lifetime present, one you gave to a spouse or someone who'd saved your life. Before I could say that or anything else, the lights went out. Her two young sons brought in the birthday cake, 40 candles strong. A few days later, I was walking down Madison Avenue and caught by something there, looked in a jewelry store window. There they were, my birthday earrings, the exact ones. Looking closer, open-mouthed, I saw the price tag. Five thousand dollars. I stood and gaped for what must have been minutes. Either way, it was shocking. Had she lied about making them or spent five thousand dollars for my birthday present? Lena wasn't a liar and she wasn't rich. All right, so she 
had had them copied in brass or something and just said they were gold to make me feel good. That wasn't her way either. What the hell was going on? The confusion emboldened me to walk right into that store. Or rather, walk right up and press their buzzer. After a short wait, someone rang me in. The sales girl who appeared from behind a curtain looked like she'd graduated from Radcliffe with a degree in blue stocking. Maybe one had to, to work in this place. Can I help you? Yes, I'd like to see those earrings you have in the window.